Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. It's been a very difficult time. I worked until 1230 last night to try to find a way through the maze of the technical issues faced with the new computer and a new everything. Finally went to bed, got up at six and began to work again, and then Brother Pugh came and joined me, and he resolved the issues, the final issues, and got us on live on YouTube. We're still not on live with radio because Adobe is the software we use to connect with the radio station, and they have stopped supporting and have cut off that piece of software. So we're still having to figure out how to solve that problem, but I'm grateful that I can be with you live on YouTube, and I do have a message I want to share with you, the Word of God. There's such anger, and there's such confusion. One prophet speaks one word, and another prophet speaks another. What is the truth? I want to tell you what the truth is. The truth is Jesus rules. The truth is Jesus is king. So don't be distracted by all of the political maneuverings. Don't be distracted and don't be upset. Some of you are obsessed with watching the latest news about President Trump or or President Biden-elect. Yes, they stole the election. And it's now in God's hands. And we'll see what God wants to do with it. But that's really not my interest or my concern. My interest and my concern is with the body of Jesus, with, with people who need to know who he is. I stood yesterday at the bedside of a man who's dying of Lou Gehrig's with his wife. He's a Christian. She's not. Had to address the tough questions. Why am I so sick? Why is this happening to me? What am I supposed to do as I lay here in bed and I can't even speak clearly? I couldn't understand him. His wife had to Listen and then tell me what he said. He needed to hear that Jesus knows all about it and that his job right now is to minister to Jesus and to wait upon him and to trust him. You know, I just, I just know without any doubt in America, we have missed, we have missed Jesus. We have our personal religion, we have our personal practices, we have our personal, but they're usually in the context of my life. You know what? 
I don't have my life. I gave my life to Jesus. I don't have my money. I gave it to Jesus. I don't have my family. I gave them to Jesus. I want you to hear something today very clearly. I want you to hear it in the depths of your heart. You cannot live a normal American life and be a follower of Jesus Christ. You are either an American or you are a follower of Jesus Christ who lives in America. I ask a Muslim man who is a friend of mine, are you first an American or are you first a Muslim? Without missing a beat, he said to me, I am first an American. And in America, I practice the Islamic faith. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not who I am. I am not first an American. I am first a follower of Jesus who lives in America who loves America, who will carry out my responsibilities of voting, who will carry out my responsibilities as a citizen. But I am first and always a citizen of heaven. I am a Christian. I am a Christ follower. And then I'm a Christ follower who lives in Africa. Or I'm a Christ follower who lives in China. Or I'm a Christ follower who lives in Vietnam. Or I'm a Christ follower who lives in America. But I am first a follower of Jesus Christ. Now I want to show you this in the scriptures. This is not some sentimental statement on my part. And by the way, there is something else I want to say to you. Nothing that I'm going to say to you comes out of fear. Nothing that I'm going to say to you comes out of a heart of terror at what I see happening in this nation. I am not afraid. Jesus did not give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of courage and a sound mind. He gave me his presence. So I don't walk in fear. I don't walk in dread. I don't walk in dread of what might be coming upon America. I don't walk in fear of a financial collapse. All that I am and all that I have belongs to my Lord Jesus, and I'm in his hands, and my food comes from his hand. My rent comes from his hand. My car expense comes from his hand. And if you're a Christian, if you're a true Christ follower, then all that you have comes from the hand of Jesus, just as it does from me. And that forms a brotherhood that we call the church. Now, I want to share something that is a treasure for me. As I've shared with you a number of times, 
I've been reading and rereading, reading and rereading chapter 6 of the book of Romans. It's a very precious book for me, a precious chapter. The Lord told me to walk down the lane of chapter 6 of Romans that it's what he's calling his people to. It's what he's calling you to. Let me read it. What then shall we say? Continue in sin so that the grace may become more and more? Absolutely not. We who died to sin, how shall we live in it? Or are you ignorant that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Really, we were buried together with him by means of the baptism into the death that just as Christ was raised out from among the dead men by the glory of the Father, so also we may walk around in newness of life. talked with with one brother who listens to this broadcast regularly. His heart is so heavy. He knows he's been walking back into his wicked life. He knows he's not walking in the newness of life. He's walked back into the darkness. I said, brother, there's only one way. You've got to get real with Jesus. You've got to begin to understand. You don't walk back into the darkness. You forever leave it behind. You cut it off. Now, Paul talks about this earlier in the book of Romans in the fifth chapter, where he says, look, if a woman is married... And she leaves her husband. She's called an adulteress if she marries another man. Because she is still married. You don't ever break that vow. But if that husband dies, then that wife is free of that man and can marry another man. She's free. Paul says, likewise, we're under the law and we're condemned by the law. All of Adam's children were born into sin and darkness, owned by the devil. There's no such thing as a person who is born into Jesus Christ when they are born as a baby. All babies are born into this kingdom of darkness and belong to the devil. Now, I know that cuts across many modern theologians who want to say, no, 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 babies haven't sinned. Oh, no, but the seeds are planted deep in their heart. And according to Scripture, until they or their parents, if they are not of the age of accountability, have died to self been baptized with Christ, 
They are still under the power of the law. They are still condemned to death. There's no sentimentality about this. The law says if you commit this sin, you die. One sin, the wage of which is death. Which of us have not sinned over and over? And that sinning does not stop until we die in Christ Jesus. But see, the struggle here is that many of you want to continue. You want to continue and you want to live this life with the values of this life and the the excitement of the of the light being gone, being in darkness, the entertainment, the the professional sports, the the gambling, the smoking, the drinking, the partying, the clubbing, the porno shows. I'm astonished at how many men that I talk to are deep into erotic massage parlors. Married men. Or the strip joints. One seminary, a young pastor who said he was deep in pornography, and I asked, where did you start your pornography? He said, when I was in college, a good friend of mine, his father was a pastor, and and they invited me to go with them to Chicago. And there we went to a strip joint. Dad said he couldn't go where they lived because someone might recognize him, but they could go to Chicago and nobody would recognize him. He said, I got hooked. Another man I spoke to had a full college scholarship. At college, he became involved in pornography, and it so wrecked his mind that he had to drop out. He couldn't continue. His life was ruined. Now, slowly, he's been recovering, but it's taken years of recovery time. See, until we die, until we're crucified with Christ, nothing's going to change for us. In our flesh, we can turn away from sin, but we're going to keep going back to it and back to it and back to it and back to it. Repent, sin, repent, sin. Is that your history? That's because you've never died. You've never completed the dying to self. Now, what I want to share with you that's so exciting to me. Listen to this. You'll be astonished with me. In Romans, and by the way, as I've read this over and over, I have said to myself, I'm missing something. Lord, I'm missing something in this chapter that you want me to see. Would you show me what this is? He showed me. 
and I want to show you. Verse 12, Therefore sin must not reign in your mortal body to obey it in the lust of it. We always, when we're in the power of darkness, are drawn by the lust of our heart. It could be lust for money. It could be lust for sex. It could be lust for friendship. It could be lust for a new car. It can be lust for success, for recognition. Whatever the lust of our heart is, a man always follows the love of his heart. He can deny it for a while, but finally he will go with the love of his heart unless he dies. Paul is saying, don't let the sin reign in your mortal body to obey it in the lust of it. And you must not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to the sin. But once and for all, yield yourselves to God as living out from among spiritually dead men and yield your members as instruments of righteousness for God. Now the key word that struck me was this word yield. Now what does yield mean? Well, in my understanding, yield means to surrender to or to give way to. That's not what the Greek word here has a primary meaning of. The primary meaning of this word yield in Romans 6, verse 13. To go stand beside. To go stand beside. Now, there are some other additional words that you could put with it to support, to support that person that you've gone and stood beside, or to go and support that thing which you have chosen, or to enable, to make possible. Let me read it with that, with that meaning. Once and for all, go stand beside God as living out from among spiritually dead men and go stand with your members as instruments of righteousness to support God. Isn't that astonishing? And I immediately began to review in my mind all of the things that I've gone and stood beside. One of the things that I stood beside for many years was opportunity. I stood beside and supported every possible opportunity for my advancement, for my career, for the building up of my church, for success. So I went to seminars and workshops. I did everything I could to prepare myself to be a mega church pastor. 
and I did pastor in a mega church, 3,200 people. My heart was broken because most of the people I found in that church were pagans spray-painted with Jesus, but their hearts still belonged to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so you had to be very careful what you preached or you'd empty the church. I've talked to megachurch pastors today. Never forget I visited Ross Rhodes, who built a fabulous, huge megachurch in Charlotte's, Charlottesville, Virginia. Three main floor and two balconies. It had elevators in the church. It had escalators in the church. It was beautiful. It was stunning. But then, by that point, he was pushing past almost 60. And behind his back, board of elders began to move against him and say, we have a huge mortgage on this facility and we need to bring in a younger man. We need to bring in a younger man who will attract young families. We need a, a pastor who can who can lead us in success in this city. And so they fired their pastor. Ross Rhodes, he went to work with Billy Graham, evangelistic programs. He was out. They fired him. That whole church, its leadership, was walking in the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they were standing beside success and ambition, all in the name of, we're building the kingdom of God. No, they weren't. They were building their kingdom. And they did whatever they had to do to make sure their kingdom was adequately pastored and built. It's a very serious question. Who or what are you standing beside? That's what you're yielding to. What you're standing beside is what you are enabling, what you are supporting. Are you clear about where you're standing? Now, it gets very confusing because as Americans, we've learned to stand in many different places depending on what's advantageous to us. So I can stand in one place at work, I can stand in another place with my entertainment. I can stand in another place in my relationship with my family. I can stand in many different places. I'm for many different things. I'm for mom and apple pie. I'm for success. I'm for holistic living. I'm for... No, it's not what I'm for. It's who I'm standing with. You can only stand, you, you recognize that word is locative. 
You, you can only stand in one place at a time. Where are you going to stand? Are you going to stand beside Jesus? Are you going to stand with Jesus? Or are you going to stand with the church when it's favorable and you'll give a little bit of support to the church and then you'll give to some charities and and then you'll stand with your job and you'll you'll stand with your family and and wherever the wheel is squeaking the loudest that's where you apply the grease that's where you stand and you try to keep all of these plates in the air at the same time I remember when I made the decision to let all the plates crash to the ground when I wasn't going to be divided any longer that meant I left the denominational church It meant I separated myself from many friends and people. There was a time in my life when I didn't want everybody to get together who knew me because I was a different person in each place. That's not true anymore. I'm the same with you on this YouTube video as I am on Sunday morning with our fellowship, as I am when I go to to get a haircut this afternoon I'm going to be the same as I was when I stood beside the bed of this precious man who is dying of Lou Gehrig's. I'm going to be the same wherever I am. What you see is a man standing with Jesus Christ who will not compromise with the world, the flesh, or the devil. I am sold out. Now, does that mean I'm not going to be able to pay my bills? I'm not going to be able to get that beautiful new car? I'm not going to be able... Maybe. And it's okay. Because I'm not going to go stand beside a new car. I'm not going to go stand beside a mortgage on a house. I'm not going to go stand beside a job. I'm standing beside Jesus. And I'm not going to change. It doesn't matter who the president is. That's not going to change who I am. It doesn't matter if the whole country is collapsing. That's not going to change who I am. Paul said he knew what it was like to have much And he knew what it was like to have very little. And he could get along in both situations. Why? Because he was not standing with success. He prayed for doors of opportunity to be opened for him to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he stood with Jesus and his heart was to support Jesus. His heart was to enable the work of the gospel for Jesus. You know, I'm not doing this 
this YouTube. And by the way, today I'm not able to be on the radio live because our Comrex unit is not functional. We've got to find a new software to get through to the BrickLink with the radio station. So they're doing a rebroadcast today. This is live. I'm standing for the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to change that. And if you're working in a in an auto shop, don't stand with that auto shop. Oh, but pastor, I might get fired if I stand with Jesus in the auto shop. Then get fired. The Lord will provide for you and he'll give you a new job. You may go through some tough times. But I want to tell you, you've got to decide where you're going to stand. You're going to stand with your job? You're going to stand with what mom and dad think about you? You're going to stand with what your wife or your husband thinks about you? Or are you going to stand with Jesus? And those who want to be with you are going to need to come and stand with you with Jesus. Now, I reach out and minister to many people. But in all of that, I'm holding on to the hand of Jesus with one hand, and I'm reaching out to take your hand today to draw you to the hand of Jesus. Some of you have already grasped the hand of Jesus, and I praise God for you. Some of you, you haven't sold out yet. You haven't made that final decision yet. You're still playing with the powers of darkness. I want to invite you today to stop playing with the powers of darkness. I want to invite you today to do what it says here in this passage of Scripture in Romans 6, verse 13. And you must not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to the sin. But once and for all, yield yourselves to God. Stand beside God. That's what the word yield means. Some translations put it, present yourself to God. Well, if you present yourself in audience before a king, you are there for the king's decision about you. And the king is going to ask, are you my loyal subject? Are you under my authority? Do you obey the rules of my kingdom? And you say, well, sir, I'd like to be, but I belong to another kingdom. I belong to another kingdom. Well, then you've got to make a decision. Which kingdom are you going to belong to? You cannot stand on the fence between two kingdoms. And if you're constantly being drawn back to the temptations of darkness, it's because you have not yet gotten on your face before God and gotten honest with Jesus. 
and died out to that sin. And there is no way to deal with sin except to die out to it, to be cut off from it. Jesus said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. The only way Jesus gives us to deal with sin is amputation. Cut it off. You're living with somebody you're not married to? Either marry them or move out. You're constantly going to the internet for that pornography? Turn your internet off. Oh, but pastor, I have to have my internet. Do you? Is that what you stand beside? You stand beside the internet? You stand beside your cell phone? Is that what you're standing with? Be honest. I'm not standing for my telephone. I'm not standing for the internet. I'm not standing with the wickedness of flesh. We've got to make that decision. What are you going to do? Where are you going to stand? It says once and for all. In other words, finally, will you come to a place where you'll say, I am done with standing with wickedness. I am finished. I am sick in my heart of the darkness that I've walked in. I'm done with it. I'm finished. Whoa, now you're getting serious. And now you need to begin obeying the word of the Lord. Paying your tithe, your offerings. Cutting off the entertainment. Cutting off the television and all of the wickedness involved in the television. You need to start cutting off the things of the flesh, the world, the devil. You don't go to the same old places. You begin to let friends go. If you are constantly caught in sin and you don't have the power to say no, it's because you have not been born from above yet. You must be born from above. In Romans 6, you need to read and reread because Romans 6 tells us that when you finally cut off your sin, when you finally say, Jesus, I am yours, all the bondages are broken. And then temptations come and you have the power to say no. In Corinthians, Paul tells us that no temptation will come, but that a way of escape is provided for us. There is no reason to fall to temptation, unless you're not born from above. In that case, you're still under the law. And in that case, you've got to go to the depths with Jesus. And I'm going to share with you tomorrow some of the experiences of Christians who have men and women who have become Christians and the sweat that they went through to finally pray through to that victory. One pastor, it took him 
three or four days of just on his face before God before finally he gained the victory. You've got to gain the victory or you're still under the bondage of the law. And if you're under the bondage of the law, you have condemnation because of your sin. You know, I want to say to you, please, there is a place of such freedom and such joy that comes to us, such peace that passes all understanding when we finally have said, all right, I'm done. By the grace and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm now going to the prayer closet and I'm going to pray through until I've been assured by the Holy Spirit that I have the victory over this sin. And you're set free. Oh, I want every one of you to be in that joyous place. You know, I've been through some very tough times. I went to bed at 12.30 after working and not being able to solve the problem. I was up at 6 o'clock. I was blurry-eyed. I didn't eat yesterday. I was starving. And instead of being grumpy, the Lord put a joyous spirit in my heart. And I was able to say, Lord, I just turned this over to you. You know the help that I need. Will you send the help? And he did. And now I'm in the same place with the with the brick unit that connects me to the radio station. And I'm saying, Lord, it's okay. This is not my ministry. It belongs to Jesus. I'm willing. I'll stand. I'm not going to play games. I roll my anxiety over to Jesus and the peace of Jesus fills my heart. I want you to have that peace of Jesus in your heart. I don't want the pride. I don't want the arrogance. I don't want the judgments. I don't want the accusations. I want to be able to walk quietly with my Lord and say, Jesus, I rest in you. I trust you. I love you. Whatever you want to do is okay. I'm your servant. I'm going to stand with you. I'll fight the fight. I'll pray the prayer. I'm done. I'm done with wickedness. I want you to be able to say the same thing. I want you to be able to say, I am done with sin. I am finished with this deal. I am not going back. And you say, well, but I've done that before and I keep going back. No, no, there's a missing part. And that's the dying out that you have to do. That's the prayer time. You see, salvation is a miracle gift of God. There has to be a divine intervention in your life. This is not self-help. This is not white-knuckling it. This is having the bondage of sin broken by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it means you've got to get really honest with Jesus. It means you've really got to get honest with yourself. 
and identify the sin. And know that that sin's power is broken. And you pray until you get the assurance and the clarity in your heart. Okay, it's done. God did it. Now some of you have said, I repent. That's not enough. You've got to get that root burned out of your heart. And that can only be done by Holy Spirit applying the blood of Jesus to your heart. You've got to get to the bottom of this thing. And some things that you think are okay. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. I've got to go down there with you. Some of you who are Christians still carry judgments against others. You scorn the sinner. It's got to change. We were not given a spirit of scorn. We were given a spirit of compassion and kindness and mercy. I stood beside this bed yesterday. And I just cried. I cried for the hurt and for the confession of the wife that she is not a Christian, that she's a Buddhist. The confession that She's not interested in Jesus. Broke my heart. Jesus puts a spirit of compassion in our hearts, not of pride. Yeah. When a person continues to walk in their sin and will not get serious with Jesus... In that case, I've had to cut people off. Like Jesus did the rich young ruler. Did Jesus cut off the rich young ruler? No. He laid down the conditions for going forward and invited him and told him what he must do. And he cut himself off from Jesus. He walked away and Jesus was sorrowful because he loved that young man. There was a time in my life when I would cut people off. My daughters used to rebuke me and say, Dad, why are you always cutting people off? They were right. I don't cut anybody off anymore. I present what is necessary and the conditions, and they cut themselves off. I've lost many friendships. People have turned their backs and walked away with judgments and accusations and bitterness. It's okay. They don't belong to me. They belong to Jesus. And I just put them in Jesus' hands and say, Jesus, do whatever is necessary to bring their hearts to a place of humble obedience to your will. I don't chase after them. I've given them to the Lord. So the question is, will sin rule over you? And Paul says, no. Sin will not rule over you. Shall we then sin 
even once hereafter because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves, that is, do you not know that the one to whom you go and stand beside as servants to obey, whether to sin in death of obedience in righteousness? Grace always stands in righteousness. Grace never covers sin. Grace is never a covering for wickedness. Grace is always leading us into righteousness. But thanks be to God, because you used to be servants of sin, but you obeyed out from the heart a standard of teaching under which you were delivered. I am delivering unto you a standard of teaching that you are to repent of your sins. You are to leave them behind. You are to cut them off. You are to surrender to Jesus and go stand beside him. You are to walk with Jesus. You are to belong to Jesus. He is our king. You're not to stand beside Joe Biden. You're not to stand beside Donald Trump. You know, I will say, those of you who voted for Joe Biden recognize that you voted for an increase in eugenics and abortion. You voted for an increase in tax. You voted for persecution of the Christian church in America. And you're responsible for that, and you'll have to repent before God because it's going to become very painful for your church. But I'm not going to stand beside either man. I can be for, but I'm not going to stand with. I stand with Jesus Christ. I support the gospel of Jesus Christ, I support the work of the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. I love one of our listeners, Leslie. She always writes a note with the, with the check that she sends. And she always says, this is for the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes! It's for the work of the gospel of our Lord Jesus and I always smile when she writes that. And I say, Lord, thank you. You've brought this person out of wickedness, out of sin, out of darkness. You've redeemed them by your blood. And now they stand with you, Jesus, and they're not going to be moved. They're solid as a rock. Almighty God, I just come today. And I say, oh, Lord, Have mercy upon us. Oh, Lord, you see that we've stood beside so many wicked things in our lives that we've allowed demons to come and control and empower wickedness in our hearts. Lord, I know that even now as I'm speaking this word, there are men and women listening who are oppressed by demons, 
I just bind those demons now in the name of Jesus. Any person listening right now to this broadcast, I bind the power of demons against you and say you are free to seek the face of Jesus and you are free to go and stand with him. And those demons must leave now in the name of Jesus. I break the bondage by the blood of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I declare freedom for God's people, freedom for those coming into salvation, freedom for those who have been in the world in the lust of it, but who desire to come out of it and be set free. Lord, I declare freedom for them in you, Jesus, by your precious blood. Almighty God, uncover the darkness of our land. Uncover the darkness in the politics of our land. Uncover the corruption in the church. Uncover the corruption in any of our lives where there is corruption, where there is sin. Would you uncover the fullness of that to us? Lord, I just stand by faith today for the victory of every person who is listening to this message today. Wherever they are, Lord, would you meet them? Lord, I rebuke this false pandemic the shutting down of our economy. I rebuke this wickedness in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would cause this pandemic to quickly dissipate and disappear. We bind the power of this virus and say, you shall not have your way in America or in our churches. Lord, I pray today for your mighty power to be poured out. I stand by faith beside you, Jesus, with your power flowing. Would you move with healing in the bodies of every person who needs healing today as they listen to this broadcast, as their hearts respond to you and they say, Jesus, I'll stand with you and only you. Lord, would you flow with healing in their bodies? Lord, I thank you. Mighty God, I thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. This is a live video on YouTube. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I praise God for the live chat and the honesty of the hearts. Thank you. I want to hear your testimonies of deliverance. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Brother Tom. Thank you, each one of you who has contributed. I've not been able to go on the internet. I've not been able to go to the records to see who's giving and who's not. Hopefully, everything is going to be straightened out very quickly. I'm very grateful I have 
now instead of a laptop with a very small screen, I have a, I think it's a 34-inch monitor. Um, Brother Ed and Sister Song, our producer, uh, brought us a light so my face is much brighter and clearer. I praise God for them. Thank each one of you. Now my task is to unpack the house. And I ask your prayers that Jesus would direct my steps. You can also write to me by going to the National Prayer Chapel or writing National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or go to our YouTube, nationalprayerchapel.com, and there you can give online by clicking the upper right-hand corner and go to tithely.org. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. My heart is praising Jesus because I know some of you today made very honest choices and decisions. Let me hear from you. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.